Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're chatting with missionaries from across our country who are part of the Youth Unlimited YFC family. We'll hear their story, why they do what they do, and how they're furthering God's kingdom in Canada. So go on a hike, grab a pumpkin spice latte, because it is fall, and enjoy today's episode. Today in the podcast, we're chatting with Mike Gordon, who is a speaker under Youth Unlimited YFC. He actually works for the national team at YFC Canada. Uh, normally, he spends his time traveling around all of North America and also other places in the world, speaking at conferences, partnering up with different artists and other ministry workers. He's super funny, has a great story, and we're so excited to chat with him. Enjoy. <laughs> we're live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. You're nervous? Wow. Yeah, you guys are so intimidating. Wow. So you've spoken like all over the world, all over the country, and you're nervous to be sitting here in our... In the country. In our like... In the hill. country, is in our super professional recording mm-hmm. studio I with a microwave. I setup. It's just like... Yeah. Actually, we're getting more professional as we do this longer, but really like... Maybe. No, yeah. it looks really cool. You have electricity. <laughs> wow. Uh, computers. Mm. Microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're doing way better than people like in Nova Scotia, you know, they're not there yet. <laughs> We're working on it. Yeah. They still do like Morris code when Keep they do their podcast. The well, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome. Uh, it is so, so good to have you here. We are pumped. We are like, I think you've been on our list of like people we want to have on work friends from like day one when mm-hmm, we started. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and here we are now. And here we yeah. are. Yeah. Wow. Well, I honestly, when I first saw you guys doing your podcast, uh, that was my life goal. I want to be there. <laughs> yes. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're in person, which is really yeah. cool as well. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Now yeah. you can die happy. Yeah. That's, that's my, yeah. My, I have no more dreams. <laughs> 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 I did it all. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you for having me. This is yeah. super duper awesome and cool. So good. Well, to start off, we'll just ask you a few fun facts so people can kind of get a gist of who you are. And then we'll dive in. So, oh, oh goodness, I'm actually yeah. nervous. I don't know why. I say stupid things and I want to not say stupid yeah, things. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> I'm holding my tongue so much right now. <laughs> oh. Oh, I feel like we're going to laugh like probably half the podcast yeah. and then mm-hmm. maybe talk. We can use it as a laugh like, track later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wait, I need go. a laugh track so you guys won't be <gasps> laughing. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to dive we'll in. How funny I, oh, sorry, Jen. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in a little village called Toronto, Ontario. I grew up in a ghetto part of it, mm. Scarborough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where nice. people may or not, you know, they might get shot once in a while. Mm. But I survived. That's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It made me who I am today. Said you have to come to the village of Blissful. That's why I'm so good at running. I run away from everything. Mm. Um, What is your favorite beverage? Um, Are you guys regretting this already? uh... Yeah, no. (laughs) We've survived others. We'll be it. We got through Evan, we'll get through you. I love it. I love it. Beverage. I I love Pepsi. Mm. I love chocolate milk. One of those two. Mm, so good. It depends on the situation. You know? Yeah, no, it's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you prefer waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Mm. Best place you've ever been to? Other than the office here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to your Walmart on the way here, by the way. Oh. Very small, that's... actually, for, compared to, you know, a normal Walmart. It's because mm. it used to be a Zeller's. Oh. Oh. Yeah, they had no black T-shirts. That's all I, <laughs> yeah, I was quite disappointed. So other than being in your office, um, the coolest place I've been to, um, a couple years ago, I, was spe- I have to say this because I'm a Christian, like a couple years ago, I was speaking at a church in Jerusalem. Mm. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's like the religious answer. Well, other than Jerusalem, like Dubai was really cool. I was speaking oh, out there sick. and then on my day off, I went skydiving. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm scared of heights, so it was, yeah. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, it was a big <laughs> wow. deal. I peed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know, me too. Um, what's one item on your bucket list? Well, actually, it was skydiving. Um, other than finding a man for you two to marry one day, <laughs> um, which is my new dream and life goal. New purpose in life. My new purpose. 
Um, men, uh, I'll, I'll give a pitch later, men. Uh, but keep listening. Don't don't tune out. Okay. Um, at the end, I'll share I'll share how you can maybe potentially apply to marry one of the two lovely ladies. Other than that, uh, my other bucket list. Uh, I want to go running with the bulls. You Ooh. know, it just seems fun. You know, so like my Scarborough background of running from things like guns might come in handy when like a cow with big horns is chasing after me. I think I can do it. Is that a good goal? That is, yeah. Running from the bulls? Wait, is it running from or running with? <laughs> with? I don't You say this is, this is normal. <laughs> oh, it's not normal? Oh, no, no that's what I want to do. Is I want to speak in some country do? that they get chased by bulls. Cool. Wait, you guys have bulls in Listowel? Yeah. Can I go can I go to the park and get chased by one? The park all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you get chased by guns, we get chased by bulls. That's kinda how it works. Yeah. Mm. A, we have a different upbringing, you know? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, running with bulls, I think. Cool. But that, then also finding the right man for you two, okay? <laughs> wow, honored. <laughs> I hope so. If you were not working at YFC, what would you be doing? Ooh. Great question. Um Here's actually a real answer. Um, I have, all, have always had a heart for people with exceptionalities. Mm. And I think I would probably be in that world. If, mm. you, know, you know, some sort of whatever title it would be, support worker or whatever it might be. But yeah, mm. we're, w- walking with and working with yeah, people with some sort of exceptionality. I've mm. always had a heart, even since I was a little kid, mm. which is kind of cool looking back at it. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. Anyway, that's my one real answer for today. Hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> the I'll bucket go back list into was normal real? mic mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from those fun facts, tell us about yourself. Those were fun facts, by the way. Oh, thank you. Wait, did you have fun? I had lots of fun. Okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, tell me, tell people about who I am. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I am a boy. And although I'm not this. The age of a boy. I still have the heart of a boy and the personality of a little boy. Um, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am a Toronto boy. And uh, man, yeah, I didn't grow up in a church home. I think some people are surprised to hear that. I think that some people assume if you're in ministry, you probably had the whole church background your whole life. Mm. Um, that wasn't my case. I, didn't start, I did not start following Jesus until end of high school. Mm. Um, that was a good time. But yeah, so I, I was quite new to being a Christian. And a year and a half later, a church hired me as an intern. I don't know why, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, they hired me as an intern. And after that summer, I just kind of realized this is what I want to do. I want to do ministry. And I had no idea what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I was actually studying business. So I did studied business, went on to get my degree in theology and start working on my master's and and, and trying to be equipped as I could be to do ministry. And for the first couple of years, I actually helped different churches and organizations develop ministries from scratch. You know, so they might come to me and say, hey, you want to join us for three months and help us develop a ministry? Um, or maybe a three-year contract, depending on the situation. And without you during those uh, few years, by default, I had to speak. So if you're developing like a drop-in program or a ministry for adults or whatever... And if there is a teaching component, well, like, you clearly have no money if you're starting it up. <laughs> uh, so you can't really hire someone to come speak. So by default, I had to speak mm-hmm. for all this stuff, all mm. these ministries. And um, I mentioned earlier, like, I'm terrified of heights, but I went skydiving. Um, at that point in my life, I was terrified of public speaking. Mm. Like, I hated it. Like, mm. I would just sweat and be nervous and, like, I hated it, which also surprises people. Mm. And it was during those couple of years where I had to do it by default, the passion kind of grew a little bit and I started to enjoy it. And then I don't know what it was, but um, within those few years, I really felt God was putting it on my heart to one day focus on the traveling speaking part of ministry. So just mm-hmm. speaking essentially and not, you know, the behind the scenes business administration part. And uh, yeah, so for the last over nine years now, coming up on 10 wow. years. Oh, I'm old. Coming up on, on 10 years, I've been literally traveling the world speaking, wow. which blows my mind. Yeah, oh. wow. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm old. <laughs> but 
I'm living my dream. And, you know, after a decade of that, you know, that dream clearly ending, now I want to run with the bulls and, you know, you know, play matchmaker, you know? I'm New kidding. Dreams. I'm still speaking. You can still book me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not retiring. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, mm. I like sushi. Oh. And I, I wear black a lot. A lot. Which, you or know, always. people, ask, people wonder. They go, like, they ask me all the time, why do you wear black? And my very simple reason is when I am on the road, I used to wear a lot of white shirts. But if you're eating a hot dog and you spill, like you're in trouble. You know, if you get mustard on you or, you know, with a white shirt. And sometimes I'm on the road. I might not wash my clothes for like a month straight because you just don't have that luxury. And I found if I have white clothes, I'm showing up dirty most places. And even worse when you get the giant pit stains. I'm not sure if you guys know that. Like, and they turn yellow for some reason. Like, why do they turn yellow after and crusty? You know, like, it's really weird. Uh, every time I move my, move my arm with, like, someone crushing a Coke can, it's just like... <laughs> um, so so, um, so I, I started wearing all black because when you spill on yourself, you can wipe it off, no problem. Mm. And nobody usually knows. I mean, you can't really help the smell, but at least you look clean in the, in the distance. Mm. But yeah, those are fun facts. Are they fun? Those yeah, are fun. They are fun. Uh, yeah. Very mic facts. Behind the mic. Behind the mic. We're excited to kind of dive into your story a little bit. I mean, you were at one point, I don't know, there's not a lot of speakers being booked in this current world right now with everything going on, but you were like the most booked speaker in North America, right? Uh, I, I, one in of Canada? them. Yeah, yeah one, one of them. them. Yeah, in Canada, for sure. Crazy. Whoa. Yeah. And here you are in our office, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, that's cool, but we want to go a little bit farther back. You talked a little bit about growing up in Scarborough, but like, what was growing up like for you? So, um, growing up in Scarborough, like... Yeah, like I mentioned, um, like I did not grow up in a church home, and life was just what it was. And I think as a kid, you're quite naive. Mm. You know, what's normal to you might not be normal to other people, but mm. my life seemed normal. Um, but what kind of shook my life up was at 13, um, my parents broke up. So my mom was cheating on my dad for a couple of years, and just probably not the best formula for a successful marriage. Uh, so they broke up and then the following year, my mom kicked me out of the house mm. and, and it wasn't like kicked out, like come back tomorrow. It was the police got involved and they gave me a garbage bag and said, you got five minutes to grab your stuff. And I had a dog. Have you ever tried putting a dog in a garbage bag? I haven't. Okay. Personally, no. Um, but as like a 13 year old, 14 year old, you know, like you could not put, don't put dogs in bags. Okay. That's my mm. also, that's my, uh. That's my, that's the takeaway for the podcast. <laughs> but, but seriously though, I remember like, you know, my dog was my life and, mm. you know, and, and when a police officer gives you five minutes to get, to grab your stuff, you know, you're, you grow up pretty quickly. Um, so I grabbed some clothes and a tiny bit and that was the last time I was at that house and, you know, mm. and, and that kind of messed up that, my relationship with my mom for sure. So I eventually moved in with my dad. Um, respectfully, my dad was a businessman. He didn't really care what I did um, and I tell young people today like I know it seems like the dream for a young person is to have a parent or parents who don't care what you do as a teenager who don't care where you are what time you come home mm. um, I was the product of that and I tell every young person like if you have a parent who cares where you are and what you do like you are blessed mm. you know it doesn't seem like it on the surface level but you are blessed um not to say my dad didn't care, but, you know, he would focus on his own life and work. And I had the privilege to go hang out with, with whoever and be with whoever and come home whenever. And, and mm -hmm. I got in trouble living that lifestyle in Scarborough, you know, with the stupid, I mean, I, I say street life, but that sounds a little maybe embellished. But, you know, just like the wrong crowd and, you know, the drugs and, you know, some crime and been arrested a few times, just stupid stuff like that. Um, and I'm not really sure why I jumped into that lifestyle because mm. um, I think I think I knew everything was wrong mm. you know without having a church background and, and not say church is like don't do drugs you know it's more about being a Christian than doing drugs or not doing drugs um, but there's something in me just knew that wasn't right mm. but I, I think I just didn't care uh, and it really was near the end of high school one of my buddies Daryl bless his heart He's also single, uh, but bless his heart. You guys know what bless your heart means, by the way? 
in the south, it's kind of like mm, you're stupid. You're stupid. Bless yeah. your heart. Yeah. Like, oh, you're wearing those pants to church. Bless your heart. You know, <laughs> you're dating him. Bless your heart. Mm. You're with Daryl. Bless your heart. So, uh, <laughs> so maybe we won't hook you up with Daryl. But uh, great guy though. So, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, Daryl. <laughs> Daryl Johnson. I love him to death. But Daryl, he actually got me connected to a local church. Mm. You know, uh, they they ran a basketball ministry in my high school. And I was on, I was on, I was a starter on the basketball high school team. I look athletically challenged, but like I was athletic, you know, uh, (laughs) not anymore though. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got old, but, um, Daryl invited me to his outreach program and the long story short, I met the youth pastor and somehow found my way in, into Mexico. It sounds like I got smuggled, you know, that's not (laughs) what happened. They invited me onto a mission trip on a mission trip. And I wasn't really sure what a mission trip was, but I knew what Mexico was, and it sounded way warmer than Canada. <laughs> so I went down there, uh, and eventually, a couple of days in, on a Wednesday night, gave my life to Christ, and I'm just crying like a baby. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I really knew what that moment meant, but the, uh, a different speaker gave, like, a gospel message, the invitation, and I'm just like, I just knew this is what I had to do. Mm-hmm. The problem was nobody else was going up to the front, you know, to respond to the gospel, like, you know, the altar call, I guess. So I'm just, like, looking around. I'm like, like where, why is no one else going to the front? Like, oh, because they're all Christians, you know? Mm. Um, so I was so embarrassed to go up to the front by myself. I didn't. Mm. Uh, but I went back to my room, and I'm like, I'm just bawling. And was like, God, I'm done doing life my way. Like, I want to do life your way. And that was kind of my moment. Mm. Um, I know someone very legalistic might go, might say, you didn't say the sinner's prayer. You know, like, I'm pretty confident, like, I gave my life to Christ mm-hmm. <laughs> in that moment. Mm-hmm. And my pastor back, in, when we came back, walked me through that quite a bit. But, mm. but that, that, that changed everything. Like, literally changed everything. And when I came back, like, um, like I wasn't, the, like, I, I, think I, I think I walked around with a chip on my shoulder before that because of my family situation. And so I wasn't the class clown, like, in high school. Like, I was not social. Like, people listening know me. You, you, you have an idea of who I am. Like, I was not like that. Mm. Um, but it was weird because I gave my life to Christ. And when I came back to Toronto, like, I just felt like that part of me just started kind of opening up, you know, and, and uh, to the point where teachers were even like, over the final couple months in high school, the teachers were like, like something different about you. And it's just really cool and awesome looking mm. back at that. So that's a little bit about me. And then it's actually me giving my life to Christ, feeling like, hey, God can do anything, mm. you know, uh, if he can change, you know, change my life. And that kind of inspired me to, to eventually go down the ministry path. So. Mm. For you as a young adult, like when you were around our age, like what did they look, look like after that? Like a few years after that decision that you made to follow Christ? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, great question. This is why your podcast is number one in Canada. Wow. <laughs> it is, right? Um, it is. Don't, you don't need to answer. I, I'm stating a fact, okay? <laughs> number one podcast in, in the world, right? Guess we're finding out that today. Wow, yeah. Out. Apple, Maybe Apple, Apple knows. Like, Apple knows already. <laughs> um, you might get some award or a plaque. Wow. You know, maybe next month. Sweet. Wow. Uh, what was the question? I gave my life to Christ, young adult. Um, my challenge was... I did this through a small church. So I came back. I'm done high school. And a lot of the close friends I had, they all went to university, like, through different cities. Mm. So I realized very quickly I need good people to, to do life with and, and, and people that are kind of heading the same direction. So I actually had to, I had to bail on a lot of my friends that are doing life with before I gave my life to Christ. But, um, but I was very intentional. Like, I, I knew I needed people. So uh, probably within the first year or two, I started going to another church on the side. So on Saturday evenings, which is kind of like a young adult church. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, I'm st- sticking to my church on a Sunday morning, but Saturday night, these are my people. And these are some great friendship developed there. And I, which I felt like helped me grow as a new believer and, mm-hmm. as, and as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to say they were perfect by any means, but, you know, I wanted to be in good company and I do feel like that kept me from going back to maybe my old lifestyle and, you know, uh, sinful choices that I made before that. So I tell every young person, if you're going to university or if people leave to university and you feel like you're left behind. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Left Behind? Yeah. A g- great, great movie. Uh, Jen nodding her head no. Um, which one <laughs> did you see? The Kurt Russell one? Not Kurt Russell. Not Kurt Russell. What's the guy? Kurt Cameron? Cameron Kurt? 
Kurt Cameron? I think it's Kurt Cameron. I don't or know. Or Nicolas Cage. He did he did one too. Is that a newer one? It's yeah. the old one. Like I watched it when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, Kurt. Yeah. Yeah, the Nicolas Cage one apparently is horrible. Every time I came home, my parents were home. I'm like, am I in the rapture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, oh. That's awesome. I did wonder that once. I'm like, where is my mom? Where is mom? Wow. Is she in heaven? But there were no clothes laid yeah, out no where clothes, they left. Yeah, no clothes nicely laid out on the floor. <laughs> is Kirk Cameron like the Facing the Giants guy? Is that somebody? I won't lie. I haven't really followed his career. Oh, <laughs> my mom could tell you. Yeah. Well, ask Cheryl later. Like I'm sure someone has a poster uh, of him. You know, yeah. in the bedroom. His sister was the girl on, on. Full House. Full House. Yeah. Candace Cameron Beer. Yeah. Oh. Okay. This isn't all me staying here, but wow. my, mom just, my mom told my mom was a fan of Kurt Cameron. Yeah. That's so, I mean, he's a, cool. I never people. met him, but he seemed cool. Mm. <laughs> but oh. um, I mean, like Christian cool. You know what I mean? Which is different than maybe, mm. like, normal cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what were we talking about? Left mm. Behind? I don't know why you asked <laughs> Sorry, I, I did, like, a real big... Oh, yeah. So, so if you're... I tell uh, young adults, if you are in a situation where you are left behind... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> not from, you know, the rapture. Mm. You have bigger issues. Just but uh, if you're left behind where all your young adult friends go to school... Mm. I tell them, like, you need to find a group of people. You need mm. to find people in your age bracket that you can have legitimate friends with. And I think I'd go deeper with discipleship and, and all that stuff as well. Mm. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not saying just bail on your church. I think there's other ways you can stay at your church and maybe find a group of people in different ways. Mm. Like on Christian Mingle. <laughs> I'm joking. Here I'm joking. Is. That's horrible. There's some <laughs> creepers out there. <laughs> Uncle Donkey. I got, can I tell a story? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, like, 10 years ago, uh, one of my old supervisors, he, he worked with Youth for Christ, mm. Dave. I should not mention his name. Uh, so, Dave, no, I can mention his name. Dave. Hi, Dave. Um, <laughs> j- just in case he's tuning in right now. He, uh, he is a long story, but a short story is he signed up for a six-month membership for Christian Mingle. He met a woman a few weeks in. They got married. Great. I met with Dave, and he said, hey, I still have, like, four and a half months left on my subscription, do you want to take over my account? And at that point, you know, it was 10 years ago, I'm like, I'm single? Sure, I'm cheap. Yeah, even better. I'll take it over. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And uh, uh, long story short, um, I had a lot of grandmas, you know, find interest in me. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I'm not into rug hooking, you know, like I, I'm not into, you know, homemade potpourri. So I had to let all those <laughs> ladies down. And I felt like I broke their heart. Wow. And because they were so old, maybe I did break someone's heart, <laughs> literally. You know what I mean? So, anyway, Christian Mingle, there's some, uh, there's some creepers out there. Wow. Yeah, it might be your grandma if you're listening. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mine so broke her heart forever. Wow. <laughs> I feel very much like now we're taking this from a very funny moment to a serious moment. But what is your most favorite characteristic of God and oh, why? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. They're all great questions. Um, even the last one. Thank you. Yes. No, they are really good. They <laughs> prepare, by the way, if anyone listening, they, these two ladies do a lot of hard work to make this happen. Um, what's my aunt? You might edit that out. Um, <laughs> we don't need any edit. We're, we're only keeping in the compliments about us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then all the boys will apply to marry you mm. after all these great compliments. Yes. Men, yes. they're smart. Both of them. Very smart. Hardworking. Uh, my characteristic, favorite characteristic of God. Um, one thing we don't talk about when it comes to Jesus is how approachable he is. Mm. You know, we talk about, you know, kindness, you know, loving and all those good things. He was meek. Um, but we don't really talk about how approachable Jesus is. And if you look throughout the Gospels, like everyone approached him, you know, mm. and, and just understanding the culture, like children would approach him and, I assume that wasn't a cultural norm because Jesus would consider like a, a teacher, a rabbi. Mm. And you see a couple of parts in the Bible, you know, like every time a child comes up, it's like the disciples are like, get away, get away, you know? And it's like, Jesus is like, no, no, no. Like it's a child, you know, approachable or culturally like women, you know, in that time, you know, might have had a different place in society than today. And I'm glad we've advanced over the last 2000 years, but you know, typically a woman approaching, you know, Jesus or a teacher or a rabbi, traditionally, that may not have happened. Um, it, it may have, it depends on the context, but, mm. 
religious leaders, people who are sick, you know, everyone from every walk of life just felt like, you know, I can approach this man who's obviously the son of God. Um, and, I, and, I, and the reason why I think that's my favorite characteristic, because I think as Christians, we should also be approachable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in our culture today, like, it doesn't seem like Christians come across approachable. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying they aren't. I, I think maybe it's even the postmodern culture and media kind of portrays Christians as judgmental, or if you come here to me with your problems, I'm just going to point out everything wrong with you. And, and, um, and, and, and I think that's something I think as a Christ follower, we need mm-hmm. to be aware of. You know, are we approachable? And mm-hmm. if we're not, you know, what is that little wall in between us and others? And if we're looking at our culture and looking at Jesus telling us telling us to go into the world and be a light and preach the gospel and make disciples, well, that's hard to do if people are scared off. Mm. You know, so what what is that characteristic that makes someone approachable? Again, is it love? Is it gentleness? And I think the fruit of the spirit is the foundation of that. But mm. um yeah, that's a big one for me. It's something I'm learning. You know, when I walk into a room, doesn't matter what someone's lifestyle is, what their beliefs are. Like, I want someone to look at me and go, that's someone I can go to. That's mm. someone I can open up to. That's someone I can have a real conversation with or bring my issues to. And my hope through that, they can see Christ in me and, mm. and through my responses. So That's really beautiful. I actually, I as you're talking, I think about kids here. Actually, somebody last night was, last night was great but full full is a good word to describe it dramatic dramatic chaotic yes but good and um one of the girls is like i like coming here because like i feel safe with you guys and i'm like wow wow Wow." but that approachability i've never heard anybody like pinpoint it in that way that but it makes total sense right like that safety and security oh amazing well what can i say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was a great answer. <laughs> um, okay, you kind of touched on this a little bit about like how you knew you were going to be, you wanted to work in ministry. What was like, like, it's kind of cool, like actually being friends with you. Like, kinda We're real su- friends, by the way. Anyone listening, we're not yeah. just work friends. We're, we're real like, friends. Real life friends. We are real like, life friends. Amanda and Julie, like we go back. So wait, Ainsley and uh, <laughs> Jen. I'm <laughs> joking. Know, I know who they are. I actually forgot your name there, I feel like. That's fine. No, no. I, I did have a moment. I know who you guys are. <laughs> we have a picture to prove it. Actually, do you, you remember where we met, Jen? Was it? I want to see Muskoka Woods. Yeah, Muskoka Woods. Yeah. yeah. Eastern Regional Training. Mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation. Actually, as you're talking about the approachability thing, I'm like, wow, that is Mike. This is so well. Flashback. That moment. I would, I forget what we were even talking about, but you were like this, like the speaker. And I was like this little 19-year-old just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm literally doing a year-long internship and we're talking about like time management and how to rest <laughs> well and like everything else. And so I just remember like, I forget what we were talking about. I have a feeling it was maybe, I don't know if it was homosexuality in the Bible or yeah, that's leadership. Usually what I talk about when I yeah, meet people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Women in leadership, maybe, I don't know. I know, pro- I don't know. Probably like a bigger topic. It yeah. was a bit, yes, yes. And I, I just remember like feeling like not stupid around you. I'm like, wow, I could actually like ask you questions and you like were very kind. And I'm like, wow, wow Mike, this is like he speaks at a lot of places. Yeah. Wow. And right now he's taking time to talk to little Jennifer. Yeah, anyways. That's really cool. Yeah. I never looked at you as little Jennifer. But mm. For me, you're just like, here are people. We hung yeah. out a lot that week, though. Like, mm-hmm. I remember you two, Evan. <laughs> yeah. Was there someone else? I think we had a third, per- another person in our little group. Mm, I don't remember. Now, now I'm reading my story because I don't yeah. know that person's name. But <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, no, that was fun. Yeah. That's crazy. That's good. So I do remember yeah. that. So we met at Muskoka Woods, mm-hmm. and then you, th- you, you, we met at Today Teens. But I still feel like we met at a little church here in town. You came and spoke, yeah, when Kristen Rooney used to work here. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was probably like 14 or 15 then. Yeah. And then in 2014, you took a picture with me at Today Teens. When and I it was, comes up every year. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Year. No, in mm. real life, we're friends. We're like, we actually are friends. Yeah. And I don't say that to everybody. Mm. I know it sounds like I might, but these are real people. I, I like them. Yep. Oh, my gosh. On Instagram, I see Mike had a story on. And then I see the green circle around him, like, you made it. Wow. Now everyone who's like, I don't see a green circle. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> 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 that's okay. Hey, if you want to be my, that's how you know you're my friend. 
Wow. The green honored, circle seriously. on Instagram. Well. Yeah. Oh, honored. Um, but yes, going back Sorry, to this question. Sorry, I, 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 no, I, I, I've been taking good. this every direction. No, it Love is it. good. Um, you already kind of touched on like, yeah, like from like fairly young, you knew that ministry was something that you wanted to do. So I'm going to change the question. What are some of your, like as you reflect back in your ministry career, like what are some of your most favorite yeses that you said that kind of like led you to where you are now? Oh, um, actually, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I'm not a smart man, so I might just say yes without really thinking anything mm. through. And when I went into ministry, I really felt like I'm brand new. Let's say yes to everything, whether it's speaking, whether it's doing announcements at the church, whether it's running, um, you know, a drop-in program, whatever it is, doing a children's story. I said yes to everything. Mm. Um, one of the dumber things I said yes to um, when my, my grandpa passed away when I was 21 and I said yes to officiating his funeral service, um, which ended up being one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, but probably one of the hardest things I've ever done at mm. the same time. But I, I don't know what it was, but like when I did that, I really felt like I'm doing ministry, you know, and, and I, I can't really explain it. It's not like when you do a funeral or like a wedding, like you're official, mm. um, but it's just something narrow. I look back on and I really feel like oh, that kicked off me being very intentional about kind of going down this road. Cause that was the same time I was just hired by the church as an intern and still studying business and trying to figure out, do I further my education in, 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 uh, in theology and the Bible to equip myself? And mm. that was one of the big ones. Um, but like, honestly, I think I said yes to pretty much everything I could just to gain experience. And, and through saying yes, you, you learn what you love. But in some cases I learned what I did not like you know, in ministry. And, you know, for example, like I'm a pretty fun person, but like I hate planning games. Like I have no passion to planning games. So part of me realized that a few years in. So I go, you know, can I maybe focus on other parts of ministry like speaking or just more the admin of business part of it? Can I focus on that rather than figuring out, figuring out how to do a different version of dodgeball every week or whatever, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever, uh, whatever that is. So, mm. Yeah, so I said yes to everything, and over time, I think I started learning how to say no mm. um, to the thing that I just wasn't really passionate about, mm -hmm. which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sharpening the arrow. You did arrow, didn't you? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We talk about sharpening the arrow yeah. a lot with Kevin. So. so you spent a long time being on the road a lot. Yep. This, this story could take us on a wild adventure, but what is the funniest <laughs> or one of the funniest moments in ministry on the road? Oh, um, oh my goodness. So, so there's a hundred million stories. Um, again, what you see is what you get for me. And if you guys know me, the I do. Yeah. Like I'm a real friends. Um, and their name's not Amanda and Julia, whatever I called you <laughs> earlier. Uh, <laughs> but I, um, what you see is what you get. So who I am on stage, who I am in this room or who I am like at anywhere. I'm crazy. I'm stupid. I'm wild. I like having fun. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's not like here's public speaker mic and mm. here's private yeah, mic. It's no, I don't, there's no off switch, you mm -hmm. know, it's kind of weird actually. Uh, and I say that, uh, <laughs> um, so many weird things, so many weird things. Um, that, have I told you a story when I, I ruined Toby Mac's concert? No. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good, okay. Here's a, here's a good story. My, it's funny in hindsight. Mm. Um, so I, I was, uh, doing, um, at this point, I wasn't on tour with Toby. It was just a one-off event in the U.S. And our team was up with him many, many times uh, before that and, and since. However, like, Toby has his crew, like his road crew, but then with stage managers and all that, like, they're almost like new people every tour. So I'm doing this event uh, in the U.S. with Toby. And if you've ever been to a Toby Mac concert, like, Toby's super chill. Uh, but they have, a, they have this one part in almost every concert where, like, you know, Toby goes into the bridge on one of his songs, they turn the lights out, and then when the, you know, goes back into the chorus, lights turn on, and there's usually, like, a hundred kids on the stage, and they're all, like, celebrating, and that's kind of the end of it, right? So this event, I was speaking at and, and emceeing, but I didn't really know, like, the, the, the crew. So I'm on the side of the stage, and this is where I normally am at this point. And, like, all these, you know, kids, you know, from maybe 8 years old to maybe 16, they start pooling on the side of the stage. But the stage manager for Toby's concert wasn't there, right? So 
I'm just like, are you guys excited? Yeah, I'm, I'm hyping them up, all this sort of stuff. And then the cameraman all of a sudden, like, signals for the kids to come on stage. So I'm just like, yeah, 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 go, 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 go have fun. Not realizing, like, the cameraman had no idea what he was doing and not realizing this was not the part of the concert the kids were supposed to, <laughs> supposed to run on stage on. So they run on stage for, like, 12 seconds, and someone's, like, ushering them off stage. Toby's literally looking back going, what the heck going on? Uh, he's smiling. He thought it was funny. So, and I didn't know, like, I had no idea. Like, the cameraman started waving <laughs> like, all the kids oh, no, on stage. No. And I'm, like, I was excited for them. It's yeah. a big deal for them. And then afterwards, like, not afterwards, like, uh, sorry, yes, afterwards, like, a minute afterwards, stage manager for Toby's crew, which I don't think worked for them anymore. So, so he, he, like, started asking, who put him on stage? Who let him on stage? And everyone around the kids were, like, pointing at me. Like, well, that's the guy who sent them all on stage. I'm like, no, no, no. I like it with the cameraman. So I approached the, the manager, and I've never had someone yell and swear at me, like, so violently in my whole entire life. The guy was, like, maybe an inch from my face yelling, who are you? Who told you to put him on stage? I'm like, ah, ah, ah. You know, I can't even talk. I'm like squeaking like a dolphin, you know? Like, I'm just like, ah, ah. You know what I mean? I, I, and I ruined, his whole, I ruined the show. And the funny part is, maybe five minutes later, they sent the same kids back on stage. It wasn't a surprise at this point, you know? And... uh I started to celebrate a second time. Everything was good. Yeah. Toby's people, you know, Toby and his band, they're all cool. Um, but the one stage manager, he he didn't like me very much. Mm. I ruined the whole concert. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, and the reason I don't think that manager worked for him, for him anymore, because I bumped into that manager a year later at a different event, mm. and he wasn't with Toby anymore. Mm. Anyways. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I got <laughs> yelled at, but I ruined Toby Mac's wow. concert, which in hindsight is really funny, because Toby yeah. didn't care at all. Who could say that? I was yeah. just going to say that. Who yeah. gets to be like, yeah, one time I ruined a Toby Mac concert. Yeah. Yeah, but the two, I'm sure the kids had fun. They went on stage twice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first Double time, the fun. Like, yeah. Imagine <laughs> if you were a little girl, like, you're like, get to go on Toby's stage two times. Nice. I mean, also knowing they also ruined the concert. Yeah, you know? who else gets to know that they also, as an eight-year-old yeah. girl, ruined mm, the concert? Yeah. Hey, it is good. what it is, yeah. That was fun. But after, uh, the following day, the, the, the camera guy, like, he was just a young guy, like 20. Mm. He came up to me afterwards. He goes, I went back to my car. And I cried all night. It's <laughs> like Toby's my hero, and you took the blame. And I didn't step up, and I saw you getting, I saw you getting yelled at. I'm just like, dude, it's all good, man. Like I, I know Toby Crew like a little bit. Like don't, I didn't know that guy, but I know everyone else. Like we're good. But yeah, the, the cameraman who was originally the guy who sent everyone, uh. everybody on stage, he, he cried in his car all night. I felt bad. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh. Anyways, <laughs> if you're out there, cameraman. <laughs> so sorry you're a good man <laughs> yeah <Aww. laughs> that was kind of funny one of those in hindsight mm. you look back and i thought it was funny maybe no one else thought it was funny but hey if you're not gonna laugh who will the cameraman wouldn't <laughs> 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 oh. i think one of the first stories that i heard that you told probably at muskoka woods where i'm like who is this guy? Is this <laughs> you guys just missed Mike. Almost spit out his water. Yeah, I almost spit out water. There. Um, you told a story about somebody who broke into your house. Yeah, his name is John. Yeah, that whole story. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, this is a real story. The guy's yeah. name was actually John. So 2000, 2007. So August two thousand seven. I'm at home. I'm in the basement. It's in Scarborough. So, you know. Um, we talked about Scarborough earlier. It is, you know, rougher <laughs> than Listable, you know. Mm. And uh, so I'm in the basement. I'm about to go speak at a retreat. And uh, so I'm printing stuff out on the computer, not realizing at that point someone broke into my home. So I go up to the main floor and then to the top floor where my um, washer and dryer was instead of doing laundry, not knowing someone's in my house. I walk into the bedroom and just like the corner of my eye, I just saw the closet door just close a little bit. Just enough to like notice movement, but not enough to really think anything of it. And then maybe like three seconds later, the door swings open and a guy comes charging at me, like trying to knock me out. And uh, it was bizarre. It was really bizarre. So like we kind of scruffled a little bit. And I, clearly I'm not a fighter and he's not a fighter. And that was very evident, you know, <laughs> within the first three seconds of like trying to slap each other. Mm. like, And then being completely winded and out of breath. Where it's like, <laughs> Just hang on one second. One second. Let's do a th arm wrestle. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm like, okay, here, and I, my brain's going a mile a minute. Like, I, I'm not realizing someone broke into my house. I know it sounds stupid, mm-hmm. um, especially when the guy tried to hit me. Um, but when I started getting my senses, I was like, I need to get the guy out of my house. So he kept saying over and over, I, I don't know, I don't know, I think he's brilliant, to be honest. He starts going, why, why are you in my friend's house? Like, where's my buddy? Why are you in my buddy's house? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, this is my house. Like, it's your buddy's house. And I think the guy was brilliant because I kind of fell for it. Like, I actually thought maybe this man was confused, maybe on drugs. You know, maybe there's something causing this bizarre confusion. Doesn't explain why he's in the closet, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> um, so I got him down to the main floor, and I'm thinking, I need to prove that I live here. So I grab my license and my driver's license, and I'm thinking if I can get him outside, I can show him street name, number, blah, blah, blah. And he's out of the house, but he wouldn't leave. And he kept saying, where's my buddy? Did you tie him up? Is he in the basement? Where is he? And I can tell you, like, he was nervous. Like, he was shaky. Because he kind of realized that he's in trouble here, you know. Um, and I'm the stupid, naive one. <laughs> so I start feeling bad for the guy. Like, I'm not embellishing at all. So I'm like, hey, do you want to sit down? And he's, like, shaking a little bit. Like, scared, I guess. So I realized he's going to jail. So yeah, I'll sit down. I'm like, hey, do you want some water? Like, I'll get some, yeah, no problem. I get him a glass of water. And we talked for maybe 25 minutes. And I, they start asking, hey, why are we in the basement? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. Like, You're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, like I'm in my tidy whities right now. But like <laughs> normally I look different. Mm. Um, and it gave us opportunity for me to share a little bit about my story, my testimony. Mm. And he starts opening up about his life. He, started, he said he went to a church, you know, in Scarborough like years and years ago. Um, I mean, clearly he didn't listen to some of the Sunday school messages. You know, he missed out on, like, thou shall not steal, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. But um, <laughs> we talked for 25 minutes. I shook his hand and let him go. And, and that was it. And I went on to speak at the retreat. Wow. I think that was fun. But then a few a few months later, he got arrested. Um, I had to go to court twice to testify against the guy. And I gave him a Bible. That was kind of cool in court. I got, I got in so much trouble. Apparently, you're not allowed talking to, like, the person that, you know, they're trying to put in jail. Oh. Yeah, but he was released on bail. So when we came to the court, mm. you know, in the hallway, like, I, I literally just bump into the guy. And I guess my lawyer was talking. No, it's not my lawyer. The police and their whatever were talking to his lawyer. And I guess they weren't watching us. And, yeah, we had a conversation, and I gave him a Bible. And I made a note in the Bible. And in, in hindsight, I should have done a, made it better. But the note was something like, hey, I, you might not be forgiven by the judge today. <laughs> <laughs> but I want, you know, like, you know, Jesus mm. forgive, you know, and it's like, a, I gave a little like gospel grace message yeah. and, and, uh, but then the, my, then the lawyer and the police came over to me because we're in court, right? I got, I got in so much trouble. I got in so much trouble and they actually ended up using that against me. Yeah. They, 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 so they, they, they went, went, went to court, went into session and they said, you know what? We want to go to a grand jury, Hey, grand jury, so like pushed everything back for another year. And they tried to say that we were in cahoots that I hired him to rob the house and that we were, you know, we're splitting the money and all that stuff. And it was really bizarre. Mm. Yeah, it was really bizarre. So long story short, yeah, don't talk to criminals without a lawyer because they might use it against you. It's so bizarre. Wow. So bizarre. So bizarre. Hmm. Fun time. Yeah, his name was John. Wow. John, I shouldn't mention his last name. I know his last name, though. And, wow. and I've actually creeped him on. I, I, I tried to find him on Facebook, but I couldn't. I mm. couldn't find him on LinkedIn either. But I tried my best to... <laughs> Look for him. I wanted to see how he's doing, but who knows? Wow. Yeah. Great would, ministry opportunity. I cut you yeah. off. I'm so sorry, Jen. No, I was just, I just, I placed myself in that story and I would pee my pants mm. and probably. Jen couldn't even handle when we were at Costco and I was trying to use my mom's Costco card and they wouldn't let me. No. Uh oh. I was with my little sister. You criminal. The cashier is yelling at Ainsley and I'm off to the side and my younger sister's like, what in the world is happening? Because the guy's just like, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> and Ainsley's playing dumb. And I just like walk to the side. And my little sister is just like, Jen, like, what in the world? And like, Jack, just watch. Just watch how Ainsley handles this. Guess who got away with her mom's Costco card? Ainsley wow. plays dumb. <laughs> what? What do you mean? My, what? <laughs> Anyways. Good for Carlos you. from Costco. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a rough day. I felt kind of bad for him because he was very busy and, you know. No, 
You like, no 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 no. Don't feel bad for them. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Don't be nice. You know, like so this is the one who felt bad for the, the guy point, who broke the into point his is, house. The point but, is, yes. that kind of stuff gets Jen a little stressed, so she can't imagine. I just yeah. Being I, in the basement what? with someone trying to rob their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if someone tried to rob Costco and you were there. Like what wow. would happen? Yeah. I can't even think about it. No. <laughs> Straight to the diaper section, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for you later. That's not on the podcast. Oh. Um, okay. Those are some funny, funny stories. Wow. Like, it's hard for me to even grasp that those are real, but they are. They That's are. That's a weird thing. There's witnesses. Like, wow. all the, every story I share, I think there's witnesses somewhere. Wow. Now, I got some bizarre stories where people, sometimes mm. people come up to me after I speak and I go, did that, did that actually happen? Mm. I'm like, I can prove this one and that one and that one. And, but I mean, Crazy. for John, like there's literally like court documentation and yeah, Whoa. police reports. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Switching gears a little bit. Okay. We mentioned a bit uh, earlier that you did Arrow. Uh-huh. You are also writing a book and we would just love to hear you talk about some of those things. Your book, Arrow, how that was, what you learned and any upcoming projects. Great question. Again, you guys are killer. Like you've done this before. Wow. You know? What season are you on, by the way? This will be season five. Mm-hmm. That's airs. insane. Mm-hmm. Good for you, too. Wow. I'm, you. Not, I'm not kidding. This is really, really awesome. I am honored to be here, by the way. Mm. Um, and men, again, they're single. Uh, so I, uh, <laughs> if you play your cards right, you can be here, too, one day. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. So uh, what was the question? Yeah, so with Arrow, um, I, I do have education. Um, however, when it comes to leadership, I feel like for the last bunch of years of ministry, I, I just kind of learned on the fly. Mm. And in hindsight, I realized, yeah, I learned how to do things, but I'm not sure if I learned how to do things the right way. Like leadership, you know, working with people, mentoring people, um, volunteers, all that stuff. So part of Arrow, the big plan is, you know, working toward a doctorate. But Arrow is kind of a stepping stone for that. So mm-hmm. I'm in the executive stream. And it's really just for me to become a better leader. You know, I, I want to be more effective in what I do. And, and if there's things that I've been doing wrong or poorly mm-hmm. over the last decade, um, I think uh, for me, Arrow was an opportunity. I'm still in that. I'll be wrapping that up in the fall. Mm-hmm. But Arrow was an opportunity for me just to get better you know, what, I, what I'm trying to do with my life, you know, and mm. ministry and help people and lead people ultimately to Jesus. So that, that was the big arrow thing. The book, yeah, I've been working on a book for a while. Um, and uh, so the, what sparked the book was a couple of years ago, three years ago, I almost died. Why is that funny? I just remember I'm, jo- I'm, jo- I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. She wasn't <laughs> laughing. I was trying to make her feel awkward. Because you to today's teens, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Today's teens. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the, the day before today, teens, my intestines, like, ripped open, and uh, that was fun. So I had to go in for, like, major surgery. It was so, mm-hmm. I felt so bad missing today, today teens. Um, so I'm texting, you know, the director, Matt. I'm like, I don't think I can make it. Like, I need to go in for surgery in, like, an hour, and they're going to cut me open, like, 13 inches. So I don't think I'll be there. You know, <laughs> poor excuse, um, but you know, there's a chance. Mm. And Matt, one of my best friends in life, Matt would just like, mm. Can you can you film a video at least? I'm like, Sure, here's wow. a video. And I was probably on drugs at that point and trying to, you know, give the people the thumbs up. Yeah, so like, so what happened was like pretty major surgery, but then what happened, um, I developed a blood clot, a very significant blood clot in the lung, mm. and it's like one of those one out of three people die situation. Like, it was pretty significant. And and during that time in the hospital, I was in the hospital for like 25, I think 24 or 25 days. Very well-meaning Christians. They would message me with maybe the stupidest advice and theological statements I've ever heard when it comes to why you're going through a hard time. Mm. You know, and, and, and or, you know, they're trying to explain why it's happening or they're trying to explain what God's going to do with it. And I'm like, I don't know if we know the answer for either one, mm-hmm. you know, but some of the stuff were like, someone like messaged me. And if you're listening, I apologize. They're like, well, maybe God, um, maybe God's allowing this because he does not want you to do ministry anymore. Like, first of all, like, you think God will tell me that, not a random person messaging me on Facebook. 
another person was like, you know, 103 people die. And they're like, oh, but the sun always comes up in the morning. But not for one of them. Like, again, one out of three, <laughs> you know, like, do the math. Uh, so it's always like, you know, like, I feel like when people go through hard times in life, as Christians, I think we do a poor theology. And, and I think we mean well. I think we want to give people a good advice. I think we want to encourage them. I think we always want to say, hey, God's going to use this for something better. And maybe we try to explain what that better mm-hmm. is. But at the end of the day, we don't know. So this book I've been working on is really just connected to that. It's just being content with the, I don't know why. Mm. Like, I don't know why, I, you know, I went through my illness. I don't know why this person might be born, you know, um, enlistable, you know, which, uh, you know, which is a hard situation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or like, I don't know why this person might be born with uh, exceptionalities, like, mm. um, or whatever, got fired, bankruptcy, mm. divorce, all that stuff. And I think that a lot of people in the church, I think because we have poor theology around that conversation, mm. which is weird because Jesus is very firm. Like mm-hmm. Jesus tells his followers in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say, hey, if you memorize the Bible or if you have a perfect church attendance record, you will be exempted. Like, that's not what he said. Um, but for some weird reason, like, I think we develop this, I'm not sure if it's like a prosperity type gospel th- way of thinking in North America mm-hmm. where we think, because I'm following Jesus, I should not run into issues. And when people do, it, it kind of throws out their Sunday school theology, you know, and, and they make some question like, mm-hmm. wait, this is not the God I was taught about or the God mm-hmm. that I thought I was following. And, and so the whole book is not explaining why this stuff happens, you know, and I think there's many books that try. Mm. I want to just kind of point to people going through junk times going like, I think you can still follow God without knowing the why, mm. you know, without knowing the why, I think what we still can have confidence in is knowing God still loves you. He's still with you. He still cares for you, although we might feel like he doesn't in the midst of our junky circumstances. And really, it's just a book to just encourage people to keep walking forward, mm. you know. And it's, and it's full of my, you know, tons of stupid stories and, you know, all that fun stuff. I'm trying to find that balance of humor and real-life conversations. And so we'll see where we'll see where that goes. Mm. Um, we mentioned new projects as well. Like, so I just finished filming um, about 50 videos um, for based off a book called The New You. And it's just questions people ask when they give their life to Christ. Mm. You know, they give their life to Christ, and then it's, okay, well, can Christians smoke weed? You know, give their life to Christ. Like, why do I have to go to church? Mm. You know, just very basic general mm. questions. And that's a free resource for everybody mm-hmm. um, across the world, really. But um, so I just finished doing that, The New You, which might be something of value to someone out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last project is, again, finding a great single Christian man somewhere in Canada. You want Canada? You want Ontario? Where, 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 where are they coming from? <laughs> how far are we? Uh, how, how, what, uh, long distance? Is that okay? America? Yeah, you guys you, you don't want to answer? You guys are scared? <laughs> um, let, let's keep it in southern Ontario. Uh, my, I, my new goal, my final goal project I'm working on is trying to find two good men and I want to be, I don't, I want to be invited to the wedding, by the way. Oh, okay. I, I also want to emcee the wedding. And we can come all the way back to this moment where I was like, I played a part in this special, <laughs> special day. I'll yeah. tell you about it. It's okay. Yeah. Mm. So, again, love Jesus, great sense of humor. I love it. We can do it. <laughs> we can do it, right? So, men, if you think that's you, um, you can email me at mike at mike-gordon.ca. <laughs> And I will sincerely reply back to you and ask many, many questions. And if I think you are top-notch, I may mention your name to Jen Arrangely. Sound good? You guys have to say yes. No? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Fun project. Wow. Yeah, so many great things. Great project. <laughs> great project. I'm actually fundraising for that project, actually, oh. too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, pumped to read your book. Thank really you. really excited. Mm, thank yeah. you. Um, I hope it doesn't so, suck. Mm, yeah. It sounds like it will not. Okay, you're like a full-time speaker, so you used to go like almost every single day of the year, you'd be like on the road. Like yeah, majority. like right before COVID, I was maxing out at about 270 speaking engagements wow. a year. Yeah. And then and, and travel days in between. So, mm-hmm. And you went from that to being not allowed to travel. Yeah. Staying I went, at home. That's very different. So 
I guess talk to us about what that was like, maybe something that you've learned or struggled with through that. And just like, what have you been up to since COVID? Yeah. So funny enough, um, I, I still remember when the pandemic hit. Mm. Um, it was, uh, well, I think on the Wednesday in March, the NBA canceled their season mm-hmm. or postponed everything. Yeah. And that's when I thought this might be serious. Mm-hmm. You know, not the newspaper reports, people getting sick. It was NBA canceling. It's just mm. how dumb I am. Yeah. The following night on Thursday evening, I was getting ready to fly out to speak at a conference in Edmonton. And I get an email um, from our organization, YFC, Youth Unlimited, and saying, um, because of the uncertainty, we don't want anyone jumping on an airplane. We were afraid you might get locked down, or no one really knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I had to cancel everything. It was like immediate. That, that was it. And I still remember at that point, I'm thinking, what everyone, everybody was saying, okay, in two weeks, mm. by Easter, we'll, we'll be back to normal. And I thought, like, a whole tour lined up right across the country. Mm. And, uh, and then it was just like one week passed and another. It's like, okay, here's, an- here's another week of cancellations and another week. And I don't think it really hit me until the summer where um, I had a bunch of festivals and a bunch of things with bands all get canceled. Like, supposed to do stuff with n- Newsboys. Mm. Newsboys United. That's like mm-hmm. the old band and a new band all together. It would have oh, been super cool. Yeah. Like, all that got canceled. And that's when I started realizing... This might be long-term. So, weirdly enough, I kind of went back into... Well, I mean, I did recordings. Um, I did a lot of Zoom stuff and talking to churches and youth groups and Sunday morning, all that. Um, But I really found myself back into the whole where I started Mm. with ministry. Where when I first started, I had more of a business mindset. How can I help churches and organizations and how can I help people? I wasn't a speaker at that point. I went back into that wave of, wave of thinking. So during that time, was like, I'm not speaking as much. So I helped the church develop a young adult ministry in the city. And I started mentoring different people. And I helped another ministry from the distance launch. And I went back into that kind of brainwave, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. And, and that is my background, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, I had to pivot, you know, and, and adapt. And I've been blessed to be able to have that background before speaking. Mm-hmm. That really came in handy during COVID. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, what are we doing right now? And and uh, some people had to start a new program, their new ministry, or rethink, you know, everything. And mm-hmm. I was just very blessed to walk with some churches and some leaders uh, through the whole pandemic and try to bring that part of me that most people don't really see. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So and that's ministry, right? And I think moving forward, I think every leader, young and old, you know, needs to have that you know, at some point, that mindset of we have to learn how to pivot and we can't just do the same thing over and over. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not saying there's going to be another pandemic, but it just, even working with young people, um, like you mentioned, you're turning 25 or you are 25. I'm 24. She just turned 25. Happy birthday. Oh yeah. I wish you happy birthday. Yeah, you did. I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. I did wish. See, we're real friends. Um, I I wish you a happy birthday Mm -hmm. in email. That's kind of informal, but appreciated nonetheless yeah it's way better than people just writing on your facebook wall happy birthday mm-hmm. i did like a legitimate email which is formal mm. sincerely mike gordon yeah all in caps multiple exclamation marks very Ooh. formal yeah, yeah that's a good point thank you i do that <laughs> um mm. but i remember like at the 25 year old talking about you know being able to pivot and adapt and change like um, i remember reading a quote and it said basically once you hit 25 you have no idea what it's like to be a high school student. You know what I mean? The problem I see in some youth ministry is that someone hits 25, hit 30, and that youth leader mm. still thinks they know exactly what life, was like, what, what life is like for that 15-year-old, and they try to like, do ministry that way. They're like, no, 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 you got to keep shifting, you got to keep learning, keep growing, keep pivoting, adapting. And, mm. and I don't think we do that as much as we should. And, I, and hopefully the pandemic, hopefully it forced many churches and leaders and ministries to get out of their comfort zone. And, um, and, and obviously the pandemic was horrible for everybody. Um, but I'm hoping as we talk about churches and organizations moving forward to the new normal, which I hope is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my fear is that we're all going to jump back into 2019, like, like the pandemic never happened mm-hmm. and just go back to our normal. And now we're back to normal programming and normal church. I hope that's not the case. I hope with the new normal, one of the things we do take with us is learning how to adapt on the fly and, mm. 
And, and, uh, and I think the other thing with the pandemic, we learned, I think the value of relational ministry and mm-hmm. not just programming as well. And, oh yeah. Mm. but I think you need the program with some aspect to attract the people to build mm-hmm. a relationship. It does go hand in hand, mm-hmm. but I think people realize it's a relational part that sometimes you miss out on, you know, mm-hmm. they were so busy trying to put together a nice program or a good Sunday morning service or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and we kind of forget the people until they email us going, Hey, any prayer or whatever. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that too long of an answer? No, it's great. Okay. <laughs> this is a final answer. Oh, gosh. Wow. We made it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? Woo! Um, ooh, I got uh, two stick out to me. Um, one, yeah, two stick out. So one was when I was first going into ministry, not speaking, but ministry. And I don't know why. Like, this person won't remember this conversation at all. In fact, I think this guy was a youth pastor speaking at some event I was attending. Uh, but, he, but he said, humble yourself before God humbles you. Mm. And I was, like, in Bible college, seminary. So, like, when I was new to ministry, like, I thought I knew it all. Like, I was 22 and, like, thinking I'm going to start a church in three months and everyone's going to show up and want to listen to me speak and thank God Thank God, literally, <laughs> that's not, you know, what I did. Cause I would have ruined that within the first six months, right? Um, I, I, I think I was quite arrogant, you know, once I started going down the ministry road for the first two or three years. And uh, so that whole, it's hearing this one pastor go, humble yourself before God humbles mm-hmm. you, it was, I don't know why, but to this day, I still remember that. And, mm-hmm. I'm, not, and, and I, I, I'm very, I think I am naturally, it sounds... I know people always say you're arrogant talking about being humble. Like, I think I'm naturally humble, mm. but there's little things that I do, which I realized in the past could come across arrogant. And, and now, like, if, even something as so tiny as when I would do an event, they'll give you, like, a little VIP pass. And when I was quite arrogant, like, I would make sure that was always around my neck. I wanted everyone to know VIP, I can go backstage and, like, or I might go in and out from the backstage area like 17 times in a row, hoping people will see me. Like, it sounds so stupid in hindsight, uh, but so arrogant. Mm. Uh, now, today, like, I get in trouble for all these festivals and tours I go to because I, I throw my credentials and my VIP passes away. Um, like, I don't carry them with me at all. And I've been mm. stopped at events I'm speaking at with like 30,000 people, being like, no, I, I'm booked to go on stage in 15 minutes. And security's not letting me through. No. Because I don't have my passes. <laughs> that might be too mm. extreme. Maybe I should keep it in my purse. I don't have a purse. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but maybe I should keep it, like, maybe in my pocket. But just little things like that. I think I'm pretty naturally humble, but there's intentional things that I do. It just makes me go, mm. you know, let's stay that. So humble yourself before God humbles you. Um, and the last uh, piece of advice um, was when I started speaking. And, um, you know, we had a good conversation before this, but uh, I was at a church. And I was wrestling for a long time when I started going the speaking route. Is it route or route? I see I, route. Route. Root. I would say route, though. Root. Root. This, what's the, is there a word route. in between we can use? The route. Works the for route. me. Route. Path. The path. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, you want to use a real word. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ainsley. One that's in the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I love it. Mm. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, that's really good. So uh, what were I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. When I was going to the speaking thing, um, I was wrestling with who I am in ministry and who I am as a speaker. Mm. So I'm looking at, looking at all these successful people, you know, and all of them kind of had the same approach, you know, kind of somewhat mature. Some people yelled a lot. I don't know why, but they yelled at people on stage and, and uh, but they always dressed a certain way and nothing against, I mean, I'm not a fan of yelling at people on stage, but nothing against dressing normal. You know, you should dress nice if you're able. Um, I'm not able. Uh, <laughs> 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 if you guys know me, like, I probably wear, like, the same pants every day, and it's mm. kind of dirty, but whatever. Um, I don't try really hard on my appearance, if you believe it or not. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm wrestling with, you know, who I am. I, and, and I tried to be that. I tried to be the mature. I used to wear suits. You guys would have loved it. I used to wear suits when I spoke to the youth groups. Wow. And, uh, still the hat. No, I don't think I wore a hat at that point, too. Whoa. Yeah, you don't even know. Like, I was, like, I was like robotic, like, thinking. Mm-hmm. I had someone mentor me years ago in Bible college, 
And he was always like, you have to look like the pastor, act like the pastor. Like, mm. it was mm. it was weird. I did that for a little while. Wow. I knew it wasn't me. So long story short, I was at a church. And uh, this guy I never, I've never met before came up to me. And uh, I still don't know who he was. He was just a local pastor um, somewhere in Ontario. Mm. And he just started praying for me. And sometimes when people pray for me and start giving me, giving me a word from God, you know, sometimes I start cringing, you know what I mean? Because, mm. like, I don't know you. And, and not to say it doesn't, it's not true. But I, I'm very on guard with that stuff. Because uh, I've had people come and speak into my life. I'm like, you're way off, you know. Mm. Um, however, this is one of the moment where a guy came up to me. Never met him before. I wasn't speaking at the event. And he hugged me. Yeah, I remember the really awkward, long hug. hug. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't let go. Um, he's like, are you on Christian Mingle? I'm like, nope. Mm. Uh, he didn't say that. He did not say that. I'm so <laughs> joking. I'm so joking. <laughs> he didn't say that. But this man, this pastor is hugging me. And he goes, God wants you to be you. Stop mm. trying to be like everyone else. And I'm, for me, I'm just like, I'm so convinced Like God spoke through this man. That's mm. exactly what I was wrestling with. And really, after that, I just started coming to terms with who I am, which is a little different as a communicator. Mm-hmm. If you see my style, like I'm very much different in some aspects to um, what you might traditionally get at a conference or at a mm-hmm. church. But that's me. Mm. And it's insane because before that, I wasn't getting that many speaking engagements. Once that happened, I started having peace and confidence of being who I am, on, being who God made me to be, like, on stage and as a communicator. It literally went from, like, 40 speaking engagements a year, maybe, to 240. Like, it was literally, like, almost instant, you know, wow. which is crazy. So I do believe that's a God thing for sure. Wow. And, 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 but that connects with being humble as well. Because you, you can't go too far on, this is how God made me, and, you know, mm. and, and live whatever way you want, or, you know, because still, you got to carry yourself a certain way, but, mm-hmm. you know, having confidence in who God made me to be, but also walking in the humility that I'm still doing God's work is, mm. yeah, I think that are, those are the two best pieces of advice. Mm. Mm. Thank you. And yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it, like. I just feel like, wow, we've been waiting for this for a while. Mike's been texting me, asking me when he can come on the podcast for a while. So I originally planned it for seven years from now, but I'm glad we moved it up a little bit. I'm glad. Just, yeah, uh, we, were, we were talking about, what was it, 2027? 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So we can have you back in 2027 if you yeah. want, if your book comes out by then. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm on chapter two. Uh. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Mm. No, honestly, I love what you two are doing. Like, it's so cool. Mm. And, and keep it up. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you won't want to miss. So make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Just Work Friends. And if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to give it a review so we know what you're enjoying. And it helps us out a lot. Until next time, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Toodaloo. Have a great week. <laughs> I can't. Uh, it's not awkward. <laughs> uh.